You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events, and a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Bedgear, the official pillow partner of the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. And here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Tim Rhodes and DC Lucchese. We love football and three cheers to the Charlotte Sports Foundation uh, for bringing three college football games to the Queen City every year. You got the ACC Championship, the Duke Mayo Classic, and the Duke Mayo Bowl. Each bring that little Southern something that makes good things better to the Bank of America Stadium in the fall to the delight of ACC football fans everywhere. But the Charlotte Sports Foundation is more than just football. It supports sports and events all over the region because it knows that from youth to pros, athletics makes our communities better and stronger. Will Lawson, Director of Sponsorship Sales at Charlotte Sports Foundation is with us on the Running Around Charlotte podcast to share some of their exciting events with us. Will, welcome, how you doing? Doing well, Tim, how are you? Good, that was a long intro and I apologize for that. A lot lot going on over there. You did well. You did well. DC, how you doing, my friend? I'm glad I just didn't have to read that intro. I know. It was a long <laughs> one. <laughs> so fall is a busy time for you, Will. What, what, uh, what's a, a day in the life like over at the Charlotte Sports Foundation? Well, um, you know, we are just over a month, uh, I guess a month past the Duke's Mayo, Cl- uh, Duke's Mayo Classic weekend, which featured um, App State and East Carolina, and then Georgia and Clemson were here in town. So a really big way to kick off the college football season um, here in Charlotte. Uh, we are just over seven weeks away from having the ACC football championship here the first Saturday in December, and then we'll wrap up the college football season at the end of December with the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, which is the 20th bowl game uh, to be played here in Charlotte. We're hoping to welcome our a millionth fan this year. So it's a, it's a busy time of year, but um, after 2020, busy is much better than the alternative. Well, you got yeah, that right. for sure. So actually the intro should have said four college games because there's two on the classic weekend, right? And, yeah. and not to overlook the App State game. That was, that was a good game too, right? It was, it was, it was, totally. uh, you know, local rivals coming to coming to Charlotte and um, very passionate fans. You would have, uh, the way the crowd sounded, you would have thought there was, uh, you know, 80,000 people there because they are, they're yeah. passionate fan bases for sure. Now, I, I'm just curious as a, I ask this as a fan, how do you get a team or two teams like Clemson and Georgia to agree to give up a home game and come play each other in Charlotte, kind of on the front end of the schedule, right? So, you know, one of them's going to lose and drop in the rankings and put their college football playoff uh, resume, right? Yeah. So the one one good thing that has happened with the college football playoff is teams have found that playing games against um, high quality opponents, particularly early in the season, uh, may not negatively impact your college football playoff resume with a loss. The uh, committee over the years it's has uh, been known to reward teams oh, yeah. for, for playing tough games as opposed to um, 
knocking them for having a, a loss on the schedule. So I think that's the thought process is if you win, you've got a, a great win on your resume for when they start um, start looking at mm-hmm. who's going to be playing in the in the two semifinal games. But if you lose, you've got 11 games uh, plus maybe a conference championship to to bounce back and, and show you on your resume that um, while you may do you may have a loss, your your other wins are are uh, outweigh that one loss, so to speak. So that's uh, right, man. I, I'm always looking forward. Do you, do we know who's on on the uh, uh, resume for next year on the on the agenda for next year? Yep. So for for 2022, we're really excited. We are welcoming. It's another rivalry game. Um, North Carolina A and T and North Carolina Central will be coming to Charlotte um, nice. to play Labor Day weekend. It's the first time we'll have an HBCU game in Bank mm-hmm. of America Stadium. Um, they've played in Charlotte in the past, but the first time in, in the uh, in the big stadium. So we're really excited to, to bring that, that game uh, to town. The, cool. the fan bases are very passionate um, it and it's a, yeah. it's a, a hotly contested rivalry and should be a really great weekend uh, and another great uh, kickoff to the season uh, in 2022. Yeah. Good for you. That sounds exciting, man. We're, we're really looking that forward to it. Yeah. yeah. And, and same difference, right? They won't have to sweat if, if, if somebody, when somebody takes the L, they won't have to sweat it too bad at the end of the season. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. They're, they still have the opportunity. Both those uh, schools are in uh, FCS, so they'll still have the opportunity to make the FCS playoffs. Um, yeah. They're they're two really good programs. Um, and so it's uh, oh, it'll yeah. be a really exciting way. Um, those rivalry games, they're it's just a different energy and atmosphere because um, uh, they the teams – on the field, don't like each other, and then the fans—they really want to win for for pride. So it's totally, uh, man. We're, we're really looking forward to that one. I, yeah. I would imagine a game like that is a is a win win for everybody, right? Because you get you get a, a larger stadium, so you can sell more tickets. There's more revenue to share. It's a televised game, so there's television revenue. There's television exposure for kids who say, "Hey, I want to play on TV." Well, you can go to a smaller school and still play on TV um, for two of these storied uh, schools and, and, and uh, programs, right? Absolutely. You know, we think that uh, we're a little biased here in Charlotte, but Bank of America Stadium is the best outdoor stadium in, in the country, in our opinion. And so having the opportunity to host a game in an NFL stadium for um, schools at, at, a, at a lower level that might not have the opportunity to play as many games mm-hmm. in NFL stadiums, yeah. so that's, that's, a, that's a big win. Um, and then also Charlotte's proven over the years that we're a great place to host big events. And so bringing um, the Aggie Eagle Classic to Charlotte really uh, will showcase that game and um, bring it to a, a big audience, um, have, it on, have it on television. So we're, we're super excited for that one. Well, I, I agree with you. And you talk about Bank of America Stadium. I mean, I, I, I love it too. And it's, it, look, it's less than what, 30 years old, but um, it's in a great location, uh, you know, easy to get to, plenty of parking, really does a lot for the, for the Charlotte Uptown uh, economy and the businesses uptown. They did make one major change this year, which I was I, I was four, you know, and I'm a traditionalist. I like outdoor stadiums, grass fields, get dirty and muddy. But golly, if you're going to play 15 games on a on a field, 
go ahead and get the turf. And, and they, you know, the technology and turf fields yeah. is the, the field turf has come so far that, I, you know, it's a good product. And, and so Bank of America Stadium went mm -hmm. to field turf this year. I think that's mm -hmm. the brand name of it, right? Field turf. Yes. Did you guys have any, Will, did you make them do that? Did you call up uh, Mr. Tepper and say, hey, we got to have field turf on this thing? That was, uh, I, I cannot take credit for that decision, but Tim, I'm with you. I think it's a, it's a great thing, particularly for our organization who's bringing events to, to Charlotte yeah. that are outside the, the Panthers um, home games. Um, there's a great video that was taken. I'm, I need to give credit to the proper person, but I can't remember who, but a, a Charlotte media member had a great video showing um, right after the App State East Carolina game um, going in there and already scrubbing the field to remove the paint where it had App State's logos in the end zone to begin the painting process uh, for, for Georgia and Clemson. It's pretty impressive how quickly they can turn that field around um, yeah. and still be, be a world-class uh, playing surface for, for those games. So it's, uh, it's great when you're trying to bring as many events as possible to town. Mm -hmm. I know being able to bounce back from a big concert like the Rolling Stones to an NFL game this past Sunday mm -hmm. is, yeah. uh, is always good. Totally. And, and, and that's what we alluded to in that uh, exhaustive intro, Will, that it's, you know, it's not just about putting on a ball game. It really is about, you know, community. It really is about, you know, exposure. It really is about, you know, you know, you know create, creating uh, like, like the arts or anything else. It's about, you know, creating the fabric that makes up a world-class city. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. And, and one of the big things that, um, was was on top of our minds for this mm -hmm. year was after 2020 when the hospitality industry got uh beaten and battered so badly um with with all the cancellation of large events um the empty hotels in uptown restaurants mm -hmm. things of that nature being able to bring two huge events labor day weekend that had over 110,000 fans being able to fill the the hotels in, in charlotte and mecklenburg county um, it was mm -hmm. the it was the largest single day occupancy um, percentage for for Mecklenburg County at the Classic Games. So being able to, to have a shut positive, up, that's great, man. Yep. So I didn't so know that. so being able to have a positive impact on the the local economy and particularly the mm -hmm. hospitality industry after the last year is mm -hmm. was is huge for for us. And um, our mission is to bring large events to Charlotte that do have that positive impact on the economy. And so being able just to see that after a, a tough year for that industry in particular was, was great. But to your point, being a part of the fabric of Charlotte, showing that we are a world-class city. And in addition to, to your, you know, your early comment about the arts, there are, you know, we have world-class arts here. We have world-class mm -hmm. sporting events. We've got these huge fortune 500 companies. Um, we are a, a world-class city and we just want to continue to do all that we can as an organization to um, continue to elevate the, the profile of the city. That's no. awesome. Now, I got one more here for you. Do you think that Charlotte can get in the mix for the uh, college football playoff at some point? I do. I do. I think um, with the, the potential to expand to, to 12 mm -hmm. teams, um, that's obviously going to be more games that need to be played. And yep. I think that we've shown um, – the, the Georgia Clemson game for the Dukes Mayo Classic is a perfect mm -hmm. example of you've got two top five teams, you've got a, a sold out crowd, um, you've got the infrastructure here in town mm -hmm. with the with the hotels. Tim, you mentioned earlier the great uptown location. There's not there's nowhere else in the country where you can get 
a, uh, a stadium that's right in the center of town where you're able to park your car, stay in a, in a great hotel, walk to all the bars and restaurants, walk to your tailgate, and then walk mm-hmm. to the game. Um, there's nowhere else that you can do that. So we think that we're a perfect, perfect host for, uh, for those games. And, um, and as you know, if the NFL is willing to play a Super Bowl in a cold weather city like they did in, in New York a few years ago, I think there's no reason that college football playoff uh, wouldn't be willing to, to come to Charlotte in, in January for a, a playoff game. Heck yeah. Well, we got we got better weather than New York. I just exactly I, I want to see him play the I want to see him play the Super Bowl in Green Bay. I grew up up there. Oh. The Winters are you know I mean you get a nice balmy twenty six degree day. There's nothing wrong with that. Come on, I'm good. Now listen, I, <laughs> I want to switch gears real quick uh, and and then switch again. I, I've got kind of a fun question for you. Um, you know, this is I think the third or fourth. Uh, title sponsor. It was the Belk Bowl for so many years and Continental Tire Bowl before that and so forth. But Duke's Mayo, kind of a Southern thing. And, you know, you think mayonnaise on a, on a bowl game, you know, kind of, but I'm interested, you're the director totally. of sponsorships, right? And so my, my question is, what is the funnest or oddest sponsor activation that, that, came about through this partnership with Duke's mayonnaise. Like what there had to be something crazy, like, you know, diving into a swimming pool of mayonnaise or seeing how many jars of mayonnaise you can eat. Get Joey chestnut down here for that. I'm drinking some right now. <laughs> well, so that's, yeah, that's a great point. You see with the, the coffee, the mayonnaise and the coffee, we've had media members that have done that. Um, the, the two that stand out, one was planned and one was kind of organic. The, the planned one being um, for both classic games, um, finding uh, someone from the student section of, of each of the schools and having them on the big board to, to see how much mayonnaise they could eat. Um, the remember the, that yeah. the student from uh, Clemson that uh, he decided to forego. We gave him French fries as a vessel to eat the mayonnaise and, they tried. They decided to forego the French fries and just dive right in there with a spoon and, and really get after it. So that was the one that was planned that was uh, unique, to say the least. The uh, unplanned one was there was someone that went to a college game day ESPN's program that um, was from live from Romeo Bearden Park for, for mm-hmm. that weekend and uh, had a, a, a five-gallon jug of mayonnaise and decided just to dump it right on their head. Uh, and, and rub it around their shirtless body oh. um, in the uh, 80 degree heat. Just uh, got them on TV, and they got some free tickets to the game. So that one was unplanned. So sometimes, if you, wow. you know, if you're in the right place and you've got a, a brand like Duke's Mayonnaise that uh, people are passionate about, uh, you get you get folks that do do things that give you um, exposure that you probably can't buy anywhere. I, I'm just gonna say it. Wow, it had to be somebody from Clemson do something like that. I believe they were a Clemson fan. Lord, I guess probably still washing that off, man. Yeah. Now talk about some of the things that you do that are, are not as um, obvious to the, to the public, you know, investing in uh, sports programs for youth and things like that, the behind the scene things, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, community involvement, that aspect of what the, the sports foundation does. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. Um, one big thing, and this is this is a new initiative for the Sports Foundation, and we just announced it yesterday, is um, the uh, 
Jimmy Lee Kirkpatrick Award uh, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's going to be given to a senior football player from Charlotte Mecklenburg schools mm-hmm. who um, is not only talented on the football field, but is uh, also passionate and involved in their community. The award is named for uh, Jimmy Lee Kirkpatrick, who was a, uh, a great football player uh, in the in the mid 60s here in Charlotte, um, graduated from Myers Park High School and uh, Jimmy Lee's kind of claim to fame, other than being a fantastic football player, is he he was the one that helped um, integrate the Shrine Bowl, the North Carolina, South Carolina high school all-star game that's played after each football season. Um, so being able to to recognize someone who um, was so impactful in the in the youth sports community here in Charlotte many years ago. So being able to recognize them and then also um, provide uh, scholarship dollars to Charlotte uh, Mecklenburg School student athletes to help them continue their education in college. Um, that's one. That's just one mm-hmm. thing that we we just announced, and we're super excited about that. Um, but but there's to your point, Tim. There's many things like that that are that are um, you know, not those huge events, but that are impactful to the community um, through through the lens of sports. Yeah. Well, we we appreciate the things that you do for that, um, for the community that are, that are behind the scenes and, and you do it for the right reasons, right? It's not a publicity stunt that is because you generally are inter- genuinely interested in, in seeing a better, uh, a better community around us. Um, now when we, we get to the, uh, the December timeframe, you know, there's the ACC championship, uh, there's the fan 5k, things like that. Uh, is the fan 5k happening this year? We haven't heard much about it. Um, and there used to be what was back then called the belt bowl 5k. Tell us about those things and, and kind of where you see those things going. Absolutely. And, and both of those races have been great uh, integral parts of the, the football weekends for both the ACC championship and the bowl game. Um, unfortunately, this year, we are not going to hold either of those races. The um, with the um, kind of uncertainty around uh, COVID and how that could potentially impact um, the, the ACC race. We're, we're deciding to forego that for this year. That's been a, a really great race, and it's a great way to um, – there's so many folks in Charlotte who have ties to ACC schools. So if, you're, if your team's not participating in the game, it's a way to come out and show your, your team spirit and, uh, and participate in a really fun race um, each year. And the, the race around the bowl game, unfortunately, we haven't had good luck on where the, the day of the week that the game has fallen, where it allows for us to have a, uh, a race on a weekend day. Um, this year, our game is on Thursday, December 30th. Um, so with the teams, when they arrive, um, kind of right there after Christmas, not giving us the opportunity to host that race. But again, a great way for, for folks who are, um, who, are, who are passionate about football um, and want to come out and show their team spirit, even though their their favorite school might not be playing in the bowl game. Um, but those are two great races that we're hoping to uh, to bring back here in the future for sure. Well, we we would look forward to that. I remember four or five years ago when North Carolina played Clemson for the ACC championship. Mm-hmm. That was a that turned into a really big five k. A lot of people came mm-hmm. out because it was kind of the yeah. the local uh, representation. Yep. But you know, I got to got to ask you. I, I probably know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. 
when you get to the ACC championship game, are there teams that you kind of behind the scenes are pulling for to, you know, obviously North Carolina and Clemson will draw better than, a, you know, Boston College versus Louisville or Miami or something geographically, right? And then some fan bases travel a little better than others. Do you have that or is it like, nope, I, you know, I, I got to root for each team uh, just as much as the other because I got to remain unbiased in this whole thing. Well, uh, I, you know, you, uh, as you mentioned, when when North Carolina and Clemson played, that was obviously a great crowd. We had a, mm-hmm. a, a sold-out crowd for um, Clemson and Miami uh, just two years after that. So you, there's, there is really um, with – the number of fans from other schools that are, that are here in, um, in Charlotte, it's, you always kind of end up with a, with a really good crowd either way. It seems like it's been the Clemson invitational the last few years because they've been so (laughs) successful, but, um, but even on the other side, when, when Pitt was in the game, we had a, we had a really great crowd. Um, UVA played in the game for the first time and and they brought Mm -hmm. uh, a great crowd just being just one state away um, so there, it, it's really been, uh, we've been fortunate because of uh, Charlotte's an easy place to get to with a great airport. Um, there's so many ACC fan bases that are nearby where you've got four in, uh, in North Carolina, um, two in Virginia. You're, you're really fortunate that um, no matter who's going to be in the game, you're, you're, you've got a good chance that the crowd's going to be a good one. And so I think yeah. this year um, with Clemson a little bit down, it's kind Kind of all up in the air, and um, we're excited to see how that plays out and uh, and who's going to be in the game uh, that first weekend in December. I, I think Charlotte's a great place for fall football. Yeah. You know, the, the weather's not too bad. You can draw a 250-mile radius and hit half the ACC schools, and so whether you fly or drive, it's it's not that hard of a, of, of a travel uh, plan. So uh, thank you so much for your time, Will, um, <clears throat> for – uh, I, I know we're not going to know who's going to play in the ACC championship game uh, or the Duke's uh, Mayo Bowl yet, but um, when those teams are announced and people are interested in buying tickets, um, how do they how do they find information and where do they go? Absolutely, um, on our website CharlotteSports.org, um, we'll promote ticket sales for for um, all of those events. Um, tickets will go on sale soon for the ACC football championship. And then after that, um, a little bit after that for the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're ever interested in purchasing um, tickets for all of our events, you can you can go to our website and contact us there. Um, we have a great um, season ticket base of, of folks who are local to Charlotte um, that that support us no matter who's going to be in the game. So it's we've got a. We've got a great city to uh, to host these events in, and, and a great great support from from the community uh, that uh, that help make these uh, make these events go. So, uh, but CharlotteSports.org is the place to find that information. Well, thank you very much, and, and we're very appreciative for the Charlotte Sports Foundation and bringing those games to Charlotte and and uh, reinvesting in the community. So, uh, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you both. Uh, happy to do it. And thanks, Will. You'll see. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Nobot Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration and more information is at runcharlotte.com. 
This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Bedgear, the official pillow partner of the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Running Around Charlotte is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week, anywhere you listen to podcasts.